we are immersed in an era of unprecedented change, driven by rapid technological advancements, the surge of AI. The world is becoming increasingly interconnected, while simultaneously grappling with significant changes like climate change, dynamic social movements, and profound political transformations. These shifts are reshaping the very fabric of our professional and personal lives, influencing not just the nature of work, but also when, where, and how it's performed. So in this context, leaders are finding that traditional approaches are no longer sufficient. To thrive and steer their teams effectively in this fluid environment, a radical transformation in leadership behaviors and strategies is imperative. In today's episode, we are exploring why adaptability has become the cornerstone of effective leadership. Welcome to the 90th Percentile, an unconventional leadership podcast by Zenger Folkman. Each week, using research from over 1.5 million global assessments of leaders, we analyze different leadership traits, trends, and what it really takes for leaders to get to that 90th percentile. I'm Brianna Corin, and joining me today is my co-host, renowned psychometrician, Joe Folkman. Oh, Bri, I'm excited to be here. Several years ago, we did some research on digital skills. And what I found is, is that the people that were the worst uh, at digital skills were older. <laughs> so <laughs> maybe, maybe just possibly, I have something to learn here. Yeah, yeah me too. Um, I liked exploring this topic. And I feel like adaptability is not just about work. Um, it's about all areas of life, even cooking. And um, I did not mention at the beginning, but you are you are my father. And I've heard from my youngest brother that's still living at home that when your darling wife leaves town, you make the same three meals every time. Is that true? Uh, it, well, there's some variation. I mean, you know, sometimes it's steak, other times chicken, and then I move to pork. But they're all grilled, so, you know. <laughs> Well, that doesn't sound too bad. Uh, and, and you can put different sides with that. So, yeah. But at least he knows what to expect. Well, perhaps some of our suggestions today have you take a new course the next time she takes off. Maybe make a pasta. Yeah. <laughs> Occasionally, I, I, I do buy, you know, some dish to heat up at Costco. So, there you go. That. So, where did your interest in this topic start? Well, as usual, it starts with a question. Somebody asks me a question, and then I go to our database to find an answer. So in the beginning, the question was, does being adaptable make a difference? And if so, how much difference does it make? Now, utilizing, again, our golden database of 360-degree assessments with data gathered over the last two years, this study evaluated adaptability along with 59 other key behaviors for 6,333 leaders. The leaders who ranked low in adaptability had an overall leadership effectiveness at, get this, the 16th percentile. In stark contrast, those who excelled in adaptability scored at the 90th percentile in their overall leadership effectiveness. This dramatic disparity underscores adaptability was not just a beneficial trait, but a transformative one. Yeah, and what I found really intriguing 
when you sent the study over was this revelation about employee engagement, that there actually is this direct correlation between a leader's adaptability and the engagement level of their direct reports. It really affects people. It does. In fact, those who are low in adaptability, the engagement of their direct reports was at the 29th percentile. So, mm. uh, you know, 21 points below average. Those who were high on adaptability were at the 73rd percentile, their engagement scores of the direct reports. So, you know, 23 per, uh, points above average. So that it's a huge variation where employees, you know, don't love their job on the one hand and on the other hand, they love it. They're engaged. They want to do more. So I heard a great story about adaptability that Simon Sinek shared, and I felt like it really applied to our conversation that we we're going to have today. So he was talking about Apple. Um, he said in the early days of personal computing, Steve Jobs. Um, decides to visit the Xerox Park in Palo Alto Research Center with a with a group from Apple. Now, during the visit, the Apple team witnesses the potential of this new technology that they had made called the Graphic User Interface. And this technology allowed users to interact with computers through a visual interface using a cursor to click the icons. Now, the simplicity of this approach meant that people no longer needed to learn these complex computer codes. Jobs immediately recognized that this was going to be a transformative power. He was very captivated. And I have to ask you, because you are old, did you <laughs> did you work on computers before there was that graphic user interface? Absolutely. I mean, if you wanted to see your files, you would type in DIR, you know, which is directory, and you'd look at files. And, you know, you just, it, it had a prompt, but you had to, type things in and and you know it was dos and yeah yeah but no, no graphic interface <laughs> yeah so you understand the power of the mouse you went without it so upon returning to apple steve jobs faced this dilemma uh of course there's always the voice of reason in the company that's gonna argue and say you cannot completely change direction and and start investing in this gui that's a totally different direction than the way we were going to go and changing course now would risk the company's stability. It could potentially blow up their existing plans. However, Jobs, driven by his vision and his belief in making products that people could use, not just you know for, for people here and there, but that anybody could use, he delivered a profound response. He said, "You know, it's better that we should blow it up than someone else." <laughs> so Jobs. He takes this daring step to shift Apple's focus towards developing a computer with GUI. And this decision leads to the creation of the Macintosh, which was this revolutionary platform designed to be user-friendly and accessible to the masses. So this story shows the power of adaptability, right? Sometimes in order to stay relevant, companies must be willing to challenge their own established plans and embrace these transformative ideas. It doesn't mean you need to chase everything down, but if you have this vision of what you want and something comes along, you might have to make that change. And I know this is something big that happened, right? It's a memorable story that we can share, but leaders face these day-to-day -day challenges that require them to be more adaptable. Well, it's really true. As we change the way we work, who we work with, and how we work, 
uh, we're seeing adaptability. And that's why for this research, we just looked at data we'd gathered over the last two years. Now, in our research on adaptive leaders, we discovered some interesting patterns. Interestingly enough, most adaptive leaders tend to be younger. <laughs> surprise! Slightly more likely to be female. Again, surprise! And often found in middle-level management roles. Now, what's holding you back from being a more adaptable leader? Let's explore these six behaviors that have a profound influence on this skill and pause to consider if one of these is causing you to be less adaptable. Let's talk about the first one. Imagine you're a CEO of a successful startup who, despite the pressure to meet targets, prioritizes team inspiration. This leader holds monthly creative brainstorming sessions, encourages innovative ideas, recognizes individual contributions. Their approach not only drives results, but it also fosters a culture of motivation and creativity. Adaptable leaders put their energy into inspiring others. So, does this describe you? <laughs> or is this an area of adaptability that you think you could work on? Yeah, definitely. Uh, so the number two capability of adaptable leaders, we want you to picture a project manager that's actively seeking opinions from team members of different cultural backgrounds and expertise. This leader creates a forum where every voice is heard and valued leading to innovative solutions that might be overlooked in a more homogeneous setting. This approach underlines the importance of diversity in driving adaptability and innovation. So does this describe you? Or do you need to kind of evaluate uh, your diversity and inclusion efforts? And is this a way, an area of adaptability that you think you could work on? And we've talked about how this area is actually a really big blind spot for a lot of people that they don't even recognize. So it might be time to reach out and get some direct feedback about whether you are being just and fair and valuing the diversity in your team, because you might be really surprised by the results. That's really true. Moving on to the third capability, imagine a sales director who balances target achievement with team well-being. They organize regular team building activities and one-on-one -on -one sessions to understand and support their team members. This balance between achieving results and nurturing relationships results in a loyal, motivated team. So does this describe how you lead or is this an area of adaptability you think you could work on? You know, it's really important to ask yourself what needs to be done to achieve those results and if you're doing what you've always been doing, right? And and you're not seeing the results. I know for, for our team, we had to really evaluate this last year and we made a huge shift in our priorities and the way that we're gonna move forward. So you might have to completely turn things around, which is annoying and hard, but the change is necessary. Uh, change is hard. It but. is. <laughs> Capability number four. Envision a tech company where departments are encouraged to collaborate on projects by breaking down silos. This environment fostered by adaptive leaders leads to synergy and enhances productivity and fosters a sense of unity and shared purpose. 
So does this describe you or is this an area of adaptability you could work on? Yeah, that collaboration and teamwork. Now, the fifth capability is coachability, um, which we've talked about a lot. It's that that beautiful skill of asking for feedback. So think of a leader who, after every major project, seeks feedback from their team and acts on it. This openness to feedback not only improves their leadership skills, but also sets a precedent for a culture of continuous improvement and open communication within the organization. So are you coachable? Does this describe you? Or is this the area of adaptability that you think would be most helpful to you? And always remember, if you ask your teammates, how am I doing? What you're going to hear is, you're doing great. (laughs) You need to ask them, what could we have done to do this better? What could I do to manage better? Coachability is important. So let's go on to the sixth capability. Reflect on a scenario where a leader trusts their team to manage their workload without micromanagement. This trust empowers employees, giving them the freedom to innovate and take ownership of their work, leading to a more dynamic, proactive workplace. Being an organization based on trust empowers and encourages employees to act because there's trust between each person and their leader. So does this describe you? And keep in mind that based on our statistics, 45% of the people in our database that we've looked at overrate (laughs) how much they're trusted. So let me ask you again, does this describe you or are you actually just distorted on this? Is this an area of adaptability that you think you could work on? Now, these six behaviors are building blocks for leaders seeking to enhance their adaptability. Whether you're a CEO, a project manager, or a team leader, incorporating these capabilities in your leadership style can make a significant impact. So in an era where the specter of AI seems to loom larger every day around us, (laughs) it is the adaptive individual, the leader who embraces this technology and the different things around them as allies and not enemies. So think of Steve Jobs and how he immediately thought of how he could use that new technology to transform his business. He didn't view it as a threat. Instead, you can look at all these new innovations that are coming out right now and see these as opportunities for growth. You know, Bree, this mindset is a hallmark of a leader who is not just surviving, but thriving in the face of change. Yeah, they probably like change. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. They do like change. And as you reflect on your journey and what's happening and how much change is going on around you, consider deeply how each of these six identified behaviors can elevate your adaptability. The 90th Percentile and Unconventional Leadership Podcast was produced by Zanger Folkman. At Zanger Folkman, we're passionate about empowering leaders and driving organizational success through our innovative leadership development programs, assessments, and coaching products. If you're eager to explore customized leadership training for your organization, feel free to reach out to us at info at or simply click the link in our episode notes for more information. 
There, you'll also find the links to all the research featured in this episode. Your support has fueled our growth over these past few years, and we're thankful for your recommendations to all of your friends and coworkers. If you haven't yet, a positive review would mean the world to us. You can connect with us on our LinkedIn podcast page or suggest topics to us via info at zfco.com. Thanks again for listening to the 90th percentile.